Good morning and welcome to the Black Pill Radio Show. I'm your host, Mr. Tyler. And today we have a very touching topic where we're going to be talking about black men and if the media is persecuting our black men and black women. Um, So first, I want the panelists to introduce themselves and then from there we'll get right into the show. So we'll start with Ron. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Thanks again, Tyler, for providing this platform. Excuse me for us to uh, discuss this very, very important topic. I'm Ron Peterson, Vice President of Business Development for Omega Diversified Financial and Holistic Services uh, for our community. Thank you. And next up, we're going to go to Jay. Uh, Hey, peace. It's Jay Sarone Smith. Um, I'm owner and uh, writer, owner of uh, Paper Chase Publications based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, appreciate you having me back on. Absolutely. And next up, we're going to Malcolm. Yes, sir. Uh, Good morning. Thanks again for the opportunity to speak on such topics. Um, uh, Based out of Baltimore, Maryland. Now, I don't have any organizations, but again, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank, Thank you. And last but not least, I have a caller from 864. I don't know which panelist you are. A caller from 864, are you with us? All right, so we're going to mute that person, and we're going to begin our broadcast. So my question is, are black men being prosecuted by the media? I'm going to throw that to you, Ron, first, and I just want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, Well, just to broaden slightly, yes, in particular, black men are being persecuted, but black people in general have been persecuted for uh, time immemorial when someone else is controlling the story they can control the content of it they someone else is controlling the media i should say they can control the content of the media and so uh we've got to be very very aware of, of of that one and um when we see that there's certain media that that is not properly uh telling the story telling the story uh, from, a, from what we would want it to be, then we should do do something about it. Uh, for years, uh, the New York Post was one of those, uh, and I'll just put it out there like that, was one of those medias that that uh, wouldn't cover our stories and uh, like we thought it should be covered. And for years, uh, many of the activists in the community just began to boycott the New York Post. Um, uh, over the years, we've got to put our money, advertising dollars, as well as uh, dollars in subscriptions, and purchasing those medias that are not articulating our story as it, as we would like it to be. Uh, put our dollars where our mouth is. And what we, what I also offer is that we have to have to begin to control media outlets such as uh, what you're doing here, Tyler, and, and, and many others, to begin to get the story, our story, out there. Uh, as we would like it to be portrayed. And the better off that we're doing that, then we have an equal, again, to develop an equal uh, platform. Thank God for the for the Internet, you know, as it is now, that gives it a, a more equal playing field to get a variety of stories out there, uh, to get to allow us to write our own, tell our own story, and present our own history. Got you. And I'm going to come to Jay. Same question for you. Are black men being persecuted by the media? Uh, my short answer is yes. <laughs> I believe uh, 
I've been saying for the past couple of years, uh, black men are America's scapegoats. So my short answer is yes. Um, I believe that uh, regardless, because there's a lot of very sensitive feelings about the subject of the, the most recent Bill Cosby conviction in general, um, not negating whatever may or may have happened. The bottom line is the media crucifies brothers with equipment. So that's my answer. <laughs> Got you. And I'm going to come to Malcolm. Same question. I, I agree with both of the gentlemen that spoke before me. I mean, we definitely see this every day with our, with our white counterparts. Um, whenever, you know, piggybacking off the Bill Cosby, whatever did or didn't happen before he was ever had his day in court, he was already villainized. A lot of times when the white counterparts are in similar situations, we don't get all that information. If you look at Charlie Sheen, what he did was a crime. And he was on late night talk shows and everything as if everything was okay. We're talking about someone that is infected with the HIV AIDS virus that knowingly is sleeping with people unprotected. But, you know, had had that been uh, a man of color, he would have been villainized. Words such as monster, anything like that would have been in bold capital letters on any local news. So, I again, short answer for me as well, yes. Okay, so you guys mentioned Bill Cosby. So I want to go into Bill Cosby real quick and kind of talk about that. Um, are you guys familiar with Felicia Rashad and what she had posted about Bill? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to read a, a quote from you. Felicia Rashad said, forget these women. What you're seeing is a, the destruction of a legacy, and I think it's orchestrated. I don't know why or who's doing it, but it's the legacy they're after. And it's the legacy that is so important to the culture. So what do you guys think about this statement? And I'll start with Ron. Well, um, Felicia Rashad has been, that's had an, uh, a, not so much an intimate relationship, but a friend relationship, an acting professional relationship with Bill Cosby over the, you know, over the years with their production, etc. And I think that as a, a, a woman of color and understanding the dynamics of the media, I think she's right on time, you know, uh, uh, with that. Um, you know, whatever whatever the, the case, whatever the situation is, we've got to also look at, as the brother was mentioning, that, you know, we're not treated fairly uh, uh, in the media, equally in the media, if you, if you want to call, call it that, when it comes to representation of of you know certain situations, even down to as the brother mentioned, the choice of the words that are being uh, that are being used to uh, uh, to speak to the incident. Um, oftentimes, we are in the media um, committed guilty before we even go to trial, before we even go up there in the in the court. So, um, you know, kudos off to uh, to the sister there and uh, for upholding what she knows to be true to. To, to the legacy of the things that Bill Cosby has done over the years. I mean, he's, he's, he's created a, an institution, and many actors have benefited, many uh, 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 
producers have benefited from the work that we've done. Okay, and I want to bring in one of our other panelists. His name is James Young, and I want you to introduce yourself. Yes, my name is James Young. Um, I'm the director of community engagement in the Bronx, New York, for Neighborhood Benches. Um, I love what Black Pill Video is doing. I heard I heard all the answers from all the, all the panelists. It sounds real good to me. All right, brother, I'm going to bring you in a conversation, but I want to jump to Jay first. What do you think about the... The comment that she's that Felicia Rashad says she feels that it is orchestrated. I mean, I agree. There's been uh, some theories that have been going back a couple of years about uh, you know him buying NBC and wanting to buy NBC. Whatever really is going on behind the scenes, I agree that they're trying to destroy his legacy now. Uh, being somebody from you know Philadelphia, I actually used to live around Bill Cosby about ten years ago. <laughs> Like, I used to see him on a regular basis when I was a kid. We'd go to the pen relays. Bill Cosby would be out there. Um, <laughs> Temple, the university revokes his honorary doctorate. Okay. Regardless of whether personal feelings I, I do or don't have towards things that Bill Cosby has done or said over the years, positive or negative, at the end of the day, there's no questioning, calling into question, if you're a black person that was raised in the 70s or that was born in the 70s, 80s, um, and grew up with the Cosby Show, Different World. We know, without even doing all the research, you know, and things that people post on social media, that Bill Cosby is responsible for the the the, the, uh, the, pro, the television programming he put out is is very responsible for having a deep impact on young black people' um, mm-hmm. desire to go to college. So, like, my ex-wife personally was the first person in her family, in her media family, to go to college. She cited different world. I know a lot, a lot, a lot of people whose parents didn't go to college that wanted to just because different world made college look decent and made college look fun and you weren't just seeing images of white people in college. You know, and these are real relatable people to a lot of people, real relatable people. So, yeah, I definitely think that they're trying to destroy his legacy. You wait until this man is 80-something years old, and then they mm-hmm. revoke his honorary doctorate. You know, they, they, they like the brother uh, Malcolm said, Charlie Sheen should be under the jail. People have gone to jail for intentionally ha- for having sex unprotected sex with people knowing that they were HIV-infected. So there's a lot of other people out here that if you're going to hold people to the standard, celebrities even, that you should, would have and should have done so, Harvey Weinstein, all this, all these other dude from Seventh Heaven, all this other stuff. So why Bill Cosby? Yes, you're trying to destroy his legacy, and it's nothing new because black men are America's scapegoat. So it's interesting that they took all his trophies away, they took his awards back, but they did not give the money back. You know, they they always keep the money. <laughs> so, so Malcolm, I want to come to you when we talk about black men being persecuted in the media. Um, I want you to go a little deeper in, into the Bill Cosby situation and tell us why you think it's important that we should stand behind him. Now, obviously, if he's committed these acts, then we're not going to stand behind him, clearly. But a lot of this is it's seeming like he say, she say kind of thing. Um, I just want to get your feedback on that. Yeah, again, um if he's guilty of all that he's accused, of course we cannot stand behind him. But at the end of the day, we're, 
he was holding trial for alleged activities that took place decades ago, right? Now, my whole thing is, I'm I'm on the fence. I kind of do. I could see where we could say that he did these things, but the media made it so the 85% or so would believe it. So it's easy to take away all that he's done and not give that money back and villainize him. Um, it, it's interesting. I feel like he wasn't a, it's, for him, he wasn't a part of the boys club. So we see things like where our president is being brought up on similar things, maybe not full on uh, rape, but sexual assault is something that's been attached to his name, but somehow he's allowed to run, run for presidency and win. Um, I don't, I don't know how we can look at those two extremes and not see that. I mean, there's people that openly, you know, support Trump. And you mentioned the whole rape allegation thing about him and it never happened. Look at Michael Jackson, you know, because there's one of the brothers that spoke earlier mentioned that there's theories about Cosby. A lot of the theories was Cosby wanted to buy NBC. We saw that Michael Jackson was interested in owning his music owning the trying to own the rights to certain music labels and there's belief that he was set up to be uh, to be killed you know yeah he might have had that addiction but that doctor may have been influenced to allow him to pass and again I think it's because we're not a part of that boys club we always hear um, you know no matter what we do as black men we will never be a part of the boys club when it comes to white men they will never accept this no matter how many degrees you have no matter uh, how well you speak it, it just isn't enough so when it comes to the situation with Cosby it's easy for them to cast him aside I mean this is it's more levels to it it's just that Cosby is the name that we know with a familiar face um, a lot of my now I grew up in the 90s so a different world was for me and, and yes different world did make me want to go to college um, but how many negative images did we get or that it was cool to sell drugs it was cool not to go to school it wasn't cool to try to go to school it wasn't that wasn't the thing that wasn't the image that was all being promoted to us if you look into the media forms that we have directly the mainstream media forms if you look at BET when um, when the ownership changed hands when there was no black ownership there we no longer had College Hill. Now, granted, College Hill, a reality television show, a lot of a lot of sex and things, but we also got to see the college experience for what it was. These kids were actually, you would see them in class, see them with presentations, see them actually going through the everyday struggle of being a college kid. Yes, they were having fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were doing a whole lot of other things, but these were still positive images and they were real. It's not, there's nothing like seeing the re- reality of what, could be and it's important because you see someone that looks like you doing something mm-hmm. you know I you know, I don't have any college graduates in my home I don't it is what it is however my dad is one of the smartest people I know I swear to God you could ask him about anything in the world and he has some information he may not have all the information I think he likes to say um, I may know I may not know a lot about a lot of things but I but I do know a little about a lot of things. So when it comes to this whole Bill Cosby thing, it's just he's not a part of the boys' club, you know. When 
we're not accepted, we're not wanted. It was we saw what what it was when we had those people out in Charlottesville in Virginia with the tiki torches. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those were know, fine people. Right. Uh, Trump said those yeah, are some fine people out there. So let's think yeah, about this. Were. When we talk about Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, Kobe Bryant, O.J. Simpson, Trayvon Martin, those are like the biggest trials in American history. And they were all dealing with black men, you know, in, in some sort of way. So what does that say to you, James, when we think about all these black men who are on trial and it's usually involving violence or sexual assault of some kind? And when we think about Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, it was almost like Trayvon was on trial. So what do we think about that? And what does that say about us as black men and as black people, our black community, when it comes to the media handling us? Well, to me, you know, I, I work with kids every day. Um, I am I used to be 14, 15 years old, you know, and it, it doesn't take precedence like it should. Because as a black man, we are kings, man. You know, we are gods. I mean, and the things that we have done to this this country, man, you know, they they, they just step all over us. Um, you know, Bill Cosby, right? R- right or wrong, right? He set presidents on black family homes. He set president. He set a direction for black families to start putting his their kids in the colleges. You know, and. I know it's a big scheme of things right now with the, with the politics, and I be, and my heart at heart, right? My heart at heart, I believe that I believe they paid them, them women off, man, to to to, to try to find them guilty, so it can take away everything that he's done and has done to make the black man and the black woman be kings and queens again. You know what I mean? Got you. And, Ron, I want to come to you with that same question. What do, you, what do you think about that statement when we talk about Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, Kobe Bryant, O.J. Simpson, Trayvon Martin, like some of the biggest trials in American history, a lot of that being played out on TV and how that looks for us as black men in relation to what I'm talking about when black men are being persecuted by our media? Um, well, you know, a couple of things come to my mind. You know, um, since the, since the actual slavery, physical slavery, you know, was abolished here, uh, the mental slavery has really taken over. And so the, any way to castrate, you know, um, icons in our community, they're going to do. You know, anything to ca- bring them down, you know, whether... You know, they're powerful figures in sports, entertainment, mm-hmm. politics, uh, uh, business, uh, and the community. They're going to look to it at any means necessary to castrate us. And I think so. Given that, we've got a we've got a double challenge. I mean, we've always mm-hmm. had. We have a double challenge. One is to, as best as we possibly can, and teach this the next generation of. of young men is coming up is to walk upright and straight as, as mm-hmm. much as we possibly can. And then secondly, begin to tell our, put our money where our mouth is, begin to, 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 to invest in media, begin to invest in our own stories, getting it out there, begin to divest from those outlets that are not, a, not promoting our best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think we've got to we got to be as react as proactive as we are reactive to the situation. You know, we see the effect of you know how we spend our money. We see the effect of that both how we spend it and when we don't spend it in certain areas. And we have to mm-hmm. begin to to understand the power in that. I mean, that's that's equally if not even more powerful than voting. You know. <laughs> Uh, we we got to we got to just begin to, 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 to by any means necessary do those kind of things. You know, I did a I did a boycott on sports. Why? Because of how the brother was treated in the media. I got mm-hmm. talked to some of my some of my family members, and they were like, ah, oh, well, you know, they were like, oh, well, that would never happen. But I, I boycotted sports. This season, basketball, watching basketball and football, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be totally transparent. I did go to the Super Bowl. We have a, uh, we have a, a Super Bowl get together with all the, you know, the fellas and what have you, and our, our family members that are male. But for the whole season, I didn't watch anything. For the whole basketball season, I haven't watched anything. I did watch a little few highlights, but I took on that and was challenging others. We got to put, our, we got to take action to that. Yeah, if we just watch how the brother was depicted in the media, then we've got to just, okay, well, yeah. We've got to ask consumers. Yeah, as consumers, we've got to do what consumers. If you go into a store, restaurant, whatever kind of store, the service is bad, your products are not, not the quality products, you're going to do what? You're going to not go to that restaurant or that store again, and then you're going to tell your, your peeps, you know, hey, you know, don't go there anymore. You know, they've got all sorts of media, you know, uh, uh, places where uh, where you can put your comments at nowadays. Or have you. That's why I said thank God for the Internet. So you can blast everybody, anybody about anything at this particular point. We've got to use those same tools that they're using to get our message out and to mm. boycott and to, you know, drive our economics in a direction that is more beneficial to us. Ron, I understand your point, and I agree with your point. We're going to get into Colin Kaepernick in a minute. We're also going to talk about the finances, but I do want to introduce our fifth and last panelist. Kay Bourne, can you introduce yourself? Tell them what platform you're representing. Uh, Peace. Uh, My name is Donnie K. Bourne Rivers. I'm the founder of a nonprofit organization called I Am My Community. I Am My Community, we provoke we promote public safety through mental health awareness, parenthood classes, and uh, we also got an anti-violence unit, which means that when they have street violence or gang violence or just, you know, regular violence in the street, we take it upon ourselves. Uh, we have nothing to do with the police. We use our street credibility to try to find out what happened to who and why, and we try to stop it before there be any type of retaliations. Excellent. So, Jay, Ron was talking about finances, our money, boycotting, he also talked about boycotting sports and television. So when we talk about the media, um, should we just boycott the media? You know, uh, me personally, uh, I agree with, you know, I was listening to what Ron was saying, too. You know, and I'm a brother that I, I do a lot of boycotts, too. But, you know, uh, we got to, you know, we, even the media, you know, a lot of things is false in the media, just like on the streets. You know, he said, she said, you know, it's the same thing, how they get in news. The majority of the time they come outside and they're going to ask somebody what happened. So that's he said, she said, too, unless you actually was there to see what happened. You know, but uh, as a whole, we as a whole, as a people, 
man, we got to start respecting each other, man. And, uh, you know, and then probably other people will start respecting us. We got to start trusting in each other, you know. Also taking it back to what you said, and, you know, me and my brother just finished speaking about this about 10 minutes ago. Uh, we get no respect nowhere, man. You know, you go inside restaurants and just like you said, you know, you, they disrespect us. They give us bad food. They give us bad service. And we still go back, you know, because at the end of the day, we don't own nothing. You know, I did a survey last summer, me and one of my younger brothers. We walked the whole Fordham Road. I'm talking about literally we walked from University Avenue all the way down to Southern Boulevard on one side of the street, and then we walked back on the other side of the street, and there was not one black American that owned anything, you know, not one. So, I mean, we got to start owning things, man. We got to start investing our money into us, we got to start investing our money into our communities and stuff like that, man. Then probably, you know, we could be taken serious as a whole. So, Jay, what do you think about boycotting the media, boycotting their businesses in general, and would that affect how the media treats us? I agree it would. Um, I had this conversation with somebody I used to be friends with several years ago um, about boycotting. And like too many uh, black and brown people Oh, that's not going to do nothing. That's not going to do nothing. Well, people say that because they don't want to put the effort in the the inconvenience of not watching sports or entertaining a certain establishment because it's convenient for them. So that's that's a problem for us, for a lot of us. Um, That's a problem in general in the world. Convenience uh, runs the world. Uh, People do things that are more convenient for them, even if it's detrimental to them in the long run. So as a people who already have the generational inherited trauma encoded in our DNA now, uh, kind of, I'm, sure, I'm sure most of us are tired of struggling and fighting in general, and especially when it comes to deeper issues. And maybe that's why a lot of us aren't willing to do certain things to make the change that's necessary. Um, but I definitely think boycotting is a thing, like like other people said. At the end of the day, that's where our power lies. we got over a trillion dollars in buying power uh, that's been confirmed that we spend every year and, and most of it is not spent with us. You know, we have um, quotes about how an Asian person's money go, circulates in the community multiple times, Jewish people. A lot of people's money circul- circulates in the community plenty of times before it leaves their community. And as far mm-hmm. as we're concerned, um, unless it's trending, <laughs> The vast majority of, of black Americans aren't like that, unfortunately, unless it's trending, unless it's reactionary, unless it's, okay, uh, Starbucks did us dirty, now let's start posting about black-owned coffee shops. Uh, H&M did us dirty, let's start posting, let's start supporting black-owned clothing lines. Why is it always reactionary? This is, and, and that's something that I feel is another reason why um, a lot of things are done in the media because... Uh, we're encouraged by several of the leaders that we had in the past to know thyself. Um, but at the end of the day, we also need to know who we're dealing with. So we need to know ourselves and we need to know who we're dealing with. It's like, it's chestnut checkers. It's like the art of war. At the end of the day, you got to know your enemy as well. And not saying all of whoever is the enemy, but at the end of the day, if the system is the enemy, you know what I mean? If the system, if the systematic way things are handled are detrimental to us, then we need to understand how it works. And what is it? 
we live in a capitalistic society, so it's about money. So for anybody that thinks that boycotting is ineffective or wouldn't do anything, that's because they don't know how the system works. They so, don't know how the system works, and, and that's why I feel like education is such an important thing, and I don't mean, I didn't go to college myself, I wasn't in a position to do so. Um, but educating ourselves, we don't have to go to college to be educated. So, like the brother said about his father. So if we educate ourselves and educate our children to realize that, yes, that is where our power lies right now because we're not in a position to physically fight anybody and win. We're not in a position to physically fight this system and win. So how will we do it? A lot of people have put their, their faith and trust in politics. I, I don't. I mean, after all this time, I've been having our first quote-unquote black president. I don't see how anybody can continue to put that much faith in the political system. The political system is run by money as well, lobbying, big business, all of that. So if we really want to make a change in how we're treated, how we're perceived, even if we're not, it's not how we're perceived, the bottom line is if we want to make a change in how we're treated, we're going to have to put our money where our mouth is and not just be reactionary based on some social media posts and videos that went viral where somebody's being mistreated. There needs to be a way of life and a philosophy for all of us that we need to change for ourselves and instill in our children and everybody close to us like, you know, a lot of people out there doing. I agree with you, Jay. I agree with you, Ron, when we talk about money, finance, boycott, and all that stuff. We, you mentioned systems, so we look at the healthcare system, educational system, the political system, the media system, right? And we don't control any of that. So we got to start somewhere, and we got to start controlling things. One thing we can do when we talk about media is when we look at apps and websites like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, we should have our own because a lot of our messages are being censored and a lot of our platforms are being shut down from the people who own those sites just based on little things you know when we talk about black pill radio i've had an instagram account for one year i had about 300 400 followers not even major and based on one post about unity they shut my whole platform down i didn't get a warning i didn't get punished for like a week they shut it down completely off of one post and I don't even have a lot of followers, you know. So when we talk about censorship and how the media is trying to silence our voices, this is what they do. So it's really important that we develop our own platforms. And that's going to start through education, teaching our kids how to build apps and build website infrastructures and, and that kind of thing versus putting three hours into football. You know, we could be putting three hours into STEM projects, you know. So it's important that we we put our money where it's most valuable. Right. Because there's only a, f a few thousand jobs in football. Right. And basketball is about four hundred and fifty jobs. A hundred of those go to Europeans. Right. So we got to think about where we're putting our time and effort into our children in terms of how our future is going to look. All right. So we did bring up Colin Kaepernick and we did bring up the boycotting, um, which I liked. I liked a lot what you guys are talking about. But I do want to move on to Kanye West. But this is the question. The media sometimes give power to fools. Right. So that's another issue with the media where they'll use us. Right. Against us. So when we look at Diamond and Silk, we look at Jesse Lee Peterson, we look at Kanye West. Right. Black people speaking out, getting a platform, getting a position on the media. But they're not speaking for us. Um, I want to come to James. What do you think about that in terms of how the media uses us against us? Oh, man. Guinea pigs. I saw, I mean, I could basically say that. 
you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I always listen to Kanye West music. But I, when, when he made that comment, you got to always realize it and point to, to the facts, right? The people that he's among, I mean, his, his family now, right, the, the uh, Kardashians, they are popular with knowing how to get people to pay attention to them. So I believe this right here is just another plot for him. And it deals with a lot of other things that he's going through, like mental health. You know, since his mom died, you know, Kanye West been going downward. You know, so we had to start paying attention to what they call mental health and awareness, you know, trauma. That's probably what's going on with this guy. I mean, when he said this statement, I was sitting there right in front of the TV, but I was caught off guard, and then I was like, oh, wow, wow, oh, slow down. Maybe he's just trying to get attention. Maybe that's what it is. You know what I mean? Because Kanye West is very smart. He's very intelligent. I mean, his music is really it hit, it hit a, a agenda all across the world. But when he said that about <laughs> our people making choices to be slaves, like, I'm like, what? Our people didn't want to four horses to pull them apart. You know, we got to, you know, William Lynch ain't just did that. You know, that wasn't our black black people's choices to get pulled apart just to show that they was inferior to the white man. I mean, he, he kind of caught me off guard with that. I mean, the, the respect level there, I mean, I, I don't have it anymore. But I also sat back and thought about it. You know, mental health awareness is very important, especially in our community. You know, a lot of us, even our, our youth, man, is going through a lot of things. And we have to start paying attention to that, you know? Well, I was surprised when the media used mental health, white media used mental health to describe Kanye, because usually that's reserved for serial killers who are white. You know, their they're mental health, <laughs> we're crazy, we're violent. So that was interesting that they used that for Kanye. But the bigger issue, and I want to come to Malcolm on this one, is the media giving power to our people for those people to use it against our people. Um, how do we combat that? How should we deal with those people? Personally, I think we should reserve judgment. Um, now, with the con specifically looking at Kanye, just like everyone right. else, I was, I definitely felt like we needed to really wait and contextualize because a lot of times when we get this this information, we're not getting the whole story. Things are chopped and screwed, edited to so they mm -hmm. appear certain ways. So, I mean, of course, you still got to look at at a slight eye because who he has chosen surround himself with he chose to be in that family we know what that family is we know what they produce it's all entertainment it's all about a dollar and it doesn't look good for him to be in that situation so if we had our own media outlets as it was suggested earlier i think that would that would make a difference where we put our money makes a difference the fact that we um and me personally, I don't really deal with too much white media. Um, <laughs> so when you when you get into that, you just see where the money's going. So if you if you the media is really a weapon, you know. Mm -hmm. Right now they're allowing Kanye to destroy himself, and I don't think they're going to be broadcasting much longer when he started to contextualize speaking on today. Because what he said was, slavery is a choice. And that's all we got. Mm -hmm. And then that's going on Twitter later, and then when that's all the eighty-five percent hurt. So now they want to destroy content, and I'm all mm -hmm. for that. When you get the context of today, we're slaves because we're slaves to these name brands, these corporations. Who mm -hmm. the majority of the people who are benefiting from these corporations don't look like you and I. Mm -hmm. When you say 
slavery is a choice mm-hmm. today. Those NFL players chose to go on that field knowing what was happening to Colin Kay. Um, and, you know, the few that stood behind him, they're now looking for jobs. So it's the reason why there's collusion trials taking place or set to take place. They don't want you to stand up. Now, someone said to me, I, I had a disagreement with a young man about this. He told me that Colin Kay was radical for peacefully protesting, and I, I didn't understand what he was saying. And I guess he took a look at me and didn't understand who I was or the type of person. So when he says that, I asked him to go in depth. Well, he says, well, the NFL is a business. And I said, you're right, it is a business. It's a business that benefits on the backs, the physical abilities of mainly black athletes. So if every black athlete decides that he's not walking on that field, I want to see it. I want to see how many people are watching. I understand the difficulty it is there, that stands for those people because they are supporting a lot of people, and NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. So they're going to lose some money. So now what, what, what should we be teaching our kids? Because these are young men when they first get there. We should be teaching them what to do with their money. Don't go and buy that uh, the Aston Martin and all that. You know, put some money away. Mm-hmm. You know, this is... I feel like some of the older NFL players should be doing their job. You know, right now, we're not in a position to go to war. We really are not. But we can prepare. I agree with everything you're saying. Let, let me cut you off on yes, there. Sir. I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I want to bring this to Ron, right? So we're talking about giving fools power in the media. Um, recently, we just had some brothers who were lynched. We had some brothers who were hung off of bridges. And it's like hardly any mm-hmm. media being... Uh, given to these issues, right? Are you talking about the Oklahoma situation? Right. But we're also talking about Kanye West. And I don't really think it's important to talk about Kanye West. My initial question was really about giving power to fools, right? So I want to come to Ron with this. We've been talking about boycotting. We talked about Bill Cosby. We talked about Kanye West. We talked about Colin Kaepernick. All right, that's all well and good. But I want to know, because we got 20 minutes left, what should we be doing mainly? One thing I'm going to mention, we talked about sports a lot. But sports is really not that relevant in the big picture of money. You know, we're we're talking about real estate. We're talking about Internet um, investments. That's where the money's going to be in the future. Um, And we're not put we're not developing our children for that. You know, we're spending three hours a day on a jump shot. That's ridiculous. There's only 450 jobs. You should really be spending three hours a day on developing the next big thing, the next big idea. And we're not doing that at all. Um, a lot of drug dealers in the community, they do give back, right? They set up that basketball tournament. Um, maybe you need to hit your local drug dealers up and tell them to set something up differently for our children. Because it's, it's really, I don't think sports is really that important outside of just being like physically fit, right? So, Ron, what do you think about that? And what do you think are our next steps for going forward? Uh, a couple of uh, couple thoughts were flashing through my mind. The brother mentioned that, uh, the younger brother said that, uh, 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 Kaepernick was radical. Yeah, he's 100% correct. But every entrepreneur that wanted to be an entrepreneur, every drug dealer, everybody else, they radical. I mean, it, it radical because, because, you know, we say the term is radical, that's, a, that's negative. But everybody has really made it something. They have a radical approach. They have something different. They have something more to 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 
bring to the table. So I just wanted to throw that, throw that piece out. But I think it boils down to two things. Uh, um, it boils down to a lot of different things, but two things that's important to me is one is educating that next generation, as you were saying, uh, uh, making sure that they're prepared. We all touched on making sure that they're prepared. And another point that I want to just bring to the circle, we downplay it a lot. Oftentimes we don't talk about it. We get it mixed up in religion and stuff like that. But we've got to have a strong spiritual foundation because if we did the things that we say out of our mouths that are picked up by the media would be different. You know, Kanye would be saying things a little differently. You know, it would resonate with us and everybody else a little differently. So, you know, we've got to put some more emphasis around that. We've got to make sure that we're educating that next generation in terms of what those things are. You're right, you know, in terms of sports, what have you. Oftentimes we look at just being on the court. But there are a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, jobs, careers that attached to that as, as well. We see the most glamorous thing is what, what we want, but there's a, there's a gazillion other things that, that we can be involved in as well. We've got to give our, uh, our that next generation a more broader perspective because we know that is the problem. We know the problem. I mean, everybody who's clearly articulated clearly did, you know, studied it. Everybody studied what the problem is. We've got to focus on it on the solutions and being not afraid to do that. You know, being not afraid to, if we got to, yeah, ask the, you know, uh, the local guy who's doing whatever, whatever, you know, to turn his money or her money into something else other than that. You know, we got to, we got to do that. We got to invest in, in, in historically black colleges and universities. We got to make sure they get there. I mean, there's, there's not enough students there. Uh, uh, HBCUs are campaigning for students, not students. There's as many other that don't look like us that are taking advantage of the Howard universities and the, you know, the Spelders and what have you, and we should be doing that as well. Copy. Education is key and, and developing, you know, developing our spiritual foundation. I ain't talking religion now, folks. You know, that's a whole other whole nother topic, yeah. being spiritually centered and translating that to that next generation. Excellent. So I want to jump to k Same thing. What's next? How do we uh, get our future right? Well, you know, I missed a couple of things. Let me go back. Over. We'll go real quick. One, I'm going to get on the Kanye West thing. You know, the, the most important word out of there is that one out of five people nationwide are suffering from some type of mental health awareness. Kanye West is, you know, bipolar. He's, he's bipolar. So, you know, he's going through issues at the same token. Now, you know, as far as the media, the media are going to, he, he, you know, they're going to, it's up to self. They're going to use him both ways. You know, when they got, well, he got a new record out coming out, they're going to bring the light on him because it's going to bring it attention. When he say something outrageously, instead of they put that out there first, his brother's dealing, he's bipolar and he's dealing with a mental health issue. Then they put out, well, he said that slavery is this, that, and the third. They don't put that out there. You know what I'm saying? They just let him make the statement. They put it out there like his word is born and he was there. You know, instead of putting a platform out, letting people know that this man is dealing with a mental health issue, then his words wouldn't be probably taken as serious and to the heart as it is. You know, now us as a whole, we got to stay focused and we got to like, you know, a lot of, it's like it's called levels to things, you know, and right now the youth is not, they, it's, it's, a, it's a bridge that's, that's missing. We got to build a bridge between the, the adults and the youth. And a lot of the ways that we going about it, a lot of the big words we speak into, uh, we speaking about it, they can't comprehend that. 
So we got to break it down to their level. And and we got to let them, you know, get them to understand where we're going at. And then we got to get us all on the same page. Now, you know, I say that and say this as far as like a lot of people was going out telling the youth, you know, everybody pushing up the Black Panther movie. You know, I didn't go see it personally. You know, everybody pushing up the Black Panther movie, Black Panther movie, Black Panther movie. Oh, they broke a record. They broke every record. They did this. But that's also owned by Sony and Warner Brothers. You know what I'm saying? So you're still pushing and promoting, but you're still pushing and promoting the other kind. You're not pushing and promoting black people because you ran out and watched the Black Panther. Because that went to Sony. That went to Warner Brothers. Spike Lee didn't own that company. Will Smith didn't own that company. You know, so you didn't break a record for nobody. You broke a record for the same people that been breaking records. So we got to get the focus on what we leading our people into first. You know what I'm saying? You know, before we start leading, let's start finding out what direction we lead and fully do an investigation and know where we pulling the people at and what direction we pulling them, you know? And another thing, in order for us to start making changes, man, you know, we got to start pointing fingers at the politicians. We got to start becoming the politicians, you know? When you go into certain areas, you come into the Bronx, it's 90% of the politicians is expanding. So, of course, when the things is going to that way, yeah, all the politicians is expanding. We got to get in there in order to make their moves. So we got to bring the kids. Every time it's a school trip, when I was a little kid, they brought us to the Statue of Liberty. They brought us to the Bronx Zoo. I've been to the Statue of Liberty, the Bronx Zoo, a thousand times. Every other kid been there. How many kids' class trip is in Albany? Let's go to Albany up there, to the uh, to, to the 2000, this, that, caucus, or whatever. Let's teach the kids about politics, you know what I'm saying, so that they can start coming out here and, and being the next assembly band. If you run a survey on your neighborhood, run it between your family, run it between your friends that you hang out with every day and ask them three questions. One, what community board you live in? What community board is around here? Two, who's your local councilman? Three, who's, what district you live in? And people don't even know. The average person that you walk up to don't even know. They'd be like, oh, I lived around this block for 30 years. I lived around this block. All right, so who's, who's, who's these people? What, you know, what, what's the community board number around here? You know, and people don't know, man, and that's what we need to be. You know, in order for us to make change, we got to be a part of the change. We got to lead the change, man. We need to start being the next politicians. You know, that's what I promote. If we want to make change, really, and we want to change the law, and you want to change the direction the world is going in, and you want to change what's happening in Albany, what's happening in D.C., then you got to be there to win. You know what I'm saying? you got to be in it to win. It's like Lotto. Excellent. Malcolm, I want to come to you. Same question. What, what do we need to do? Because K-Bone gave us a lot of information that we should be doing to make our communities better. Um, can you add to that? What should we be doing? I agree with everything he said, and he touched on something I was speaking on earlier. Where are we putting our money and like you said, where are we putting our time when it comes to developing our children, mm-hmm. our youth? Even if it's not your kid, if it's the neighbor's kid, what mm-hmm. are we telling them? What examples are we setting? That is the most important thing because right now, you know, we, as mentioned earlier, we're fueling everything that works against us. Because we mm-hmm. shop and we, we choose to shop with others, we choose to... Uh, Fuel the media. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fuel the media that constantly tells us that our black women are no good, that our, our black women are loud. This is what we do. We do this to ourselves. So these tools are very divisive. So I think it's very important that you educate your, educate the youth. You know, as I was stating earlier, I don't believe that we're prepared to go to war at this time, but we we have the potential to make a difference. 
Got it. I'm going to come to James Young. When we talk about the future of our community, um, add to what's already been stated, what should we be doing? We have to be very, first of all, we have to be very informed of what's going on around us. I mean, especially with our youth. Retail spending exceeds $962 million a year in the Bronx. This is crazy. No black-owned businesses is a part of it. None. You know, it was a saying back in the day called what, Operation Breadbasket, where black businesses were supported by black people. Our black people are going all the way outside, five miles, two miles, one-mile ratios, to support the other race instead of their own. We have to start supporting each other. That's just simple and plain, man. We're not doing it. We spend over, what, over almost close to over a billion dollars a year on retail, and none of our black businesses has no part of that? It's crazy, man. Now, we got to teach our youth, man. That's what it's about. It's about our community. You know, uh, me and Kate Bourne, we talked about this many a times, man. Now, our youth is, is left out on a lot of things. They don't know who their council members are. They don't know who their, their assembly members are. They don't know who owns their, their, their war. So it's all about information. We have to start giving these brothers and sisters information that can help them proceed. You know, I mean, this is simple. 962 million there. We don't see nothing. We don't see anything. And I'm coming to Jay. Same question. Um, when we talk about what we need to do to build a better community, um, where should we start? Well, I agree with uh, everything that was said by the other brothers. Um, I think it boils down to education priorities uh, for ourselves, the next generation. Other, gener other, other cultures are raised differently as far as uh, what they view as a priority and what they're taught. So, for instance... Malcolm X said that you, or whoever said a child educated in, only in school is an uneducated child, right? So we can't put the responsibility for teaching our children um, on the school public school system. Of course, they have to go to school in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, or, but we have to <laughs> educate them at home as well. It's a Eurocentric-based system of education without going into, you know, discussions that you've had before about the school-to-prison pipeline and all of that, we need to educate ourselves and our children. So the first thing that we, that we do when they come home from school, when we come home from work or whatever, is sit in front of the TV, only have them do the homework that they're required to do for school. We cannot really be surprised that, that they grow up, <coughs> excuse me, to view certain things as important and to view other things as very unimportant. There's a ridiculous amount of, of of people that look like me that will dismiss all of these issues. It's not important. That's that BS. That's whatever. Oh, that's what. Or you know, I'm, I sell books. I write books. I sell books. Oh, you know how many people tell me I don't read? People that are old enough to be my parents and my grandparents, as if it's something decent. So when I hear younger people say it. I'm not surprised because a lot of their parents and grandparents have the same mentality. You know, it's like, like it's cool not to read. The priorities are just dredging out in front of the TV. And the thing is, a lot of things that we view or have come to view as necessities are not. They're just simply mm -hmm. not necessities. So um, because we've become used to them. So now, 10, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, smartphones, 
No. <laughs> Social media? No. I'm saying so. If we're going to take advantage of these these uh, new advancements in technology, but use them all for the wrong reasons, as more of a distraction to help us become less intellectual and less worried about the more important things and more disconnected from nature, as far as the other brother was talking about spirituality, not religion. Our, our people are spiritual people. Our our people are spiritual people, and like the brother said separate from religion, being connected with nature. Everything that we have, whether it's the food, the technology, all this other stuff, the social media, the power, everything is a distraction from what who we are really meant to be and what we're really meant to do. And not just us as, you know, black and brown people, but in general, but because of the way the world is run and the system of white supremacy that's set up, they, the main thing is to get everybody so divided and conquered, even the issues that we started the conversation about. It's caused so much division between our own people, especially sisters. You know what I'm saying? Especially sisters that feel like, oh, there's, cert- there's certain things that, you know, just ain't okay, and that, 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 which is true. But you hold brothers at a higher standard than you hold the others. You know what I'm saying? So re-educating ourselves, re-educating our children so that we view certain things as important for the future, for the culture, I mean, for the future of ourselves as a people and even for the, the planet. Because at the end of the day, we, we're not going to be able to sustain this too long. It's like society is kind of like imploding. And regardless of your belief system, whether it's, you know, whatever religion or spirituality or, or, or none of the above, logic states. That things cannot continue to go on the way they are for an ex- for an extended period of time, and regardless of your belief system, there's something that each individual is responsible for for their personal experience and the experience of those around them and their descendants. So, regardless of that's religion, politics, whatever you feel that is, we all need to put more effort into that. And it's difficult because of all the distractions and all the bills and all the things we have to do just to survive. But at the end of the day, we have to put more energy into what's going into us mentally, what we're putting out and what we're teaching, you know, what we're reinforcing, the images and the messages we're reinforcing in ourselves and our kids because that's the only way it's going to get better. That's the only way in my opinion. Got it. So I got four minutes left on the broadcast. I'm just going to go around quickly. Give me like 20 second answers. Nobody mentioned anything about the African diaspora um, when it comes to media, when it comes to business, when it comes to building communities. So in 30 seconds, why is that important or is it important? And I'm coming to Ron for that one. Good. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important as uh, as the brother was mentioning, someone was mentioning in terms of being responsible. One of the things that that we do at Omega Diversified is that we teach entrepreneurship. We teach about financial literacy to the next generation, and so we've got to take that on that that responsibility on each and every one of us to do those kind of things, and not only talk the talk but walk the walk. Yes, it's a very very important to reach out, but first you yeah. got to start at home. First, we've got, we got to clean up our house at home. First, we've got to start with the education of each one at home and then from that, you know, to the diaspora. Okay, Bowen, how does, how does the diaspora fit into what we need to do as black Americans? No, I'm still the same way like Ron really said, man. You know, we got to lead by example. We got to start taking responsibilities 
take responsibility for the things that we do, you know, and we got to be a part of everything, you know, everything that's coming out. It's like you said, we need our own social media. We need our own fire department. We need our own police department. We need our own politicians. So, you know, we need to be a part of everything. James Young, when we talk about working with our brothers and sisters from Brazil, different countries in Africa, um, brothers and sisters who are in Europe and Canada and the Caribbean, we all have unique skills and unique things that we can bring to the table from the different cultures and the different places on earth where we are. Um, if we unite, it's very powerful. So what would you say to that? I believe unifying those pipelines are very, very sensual to our, definitely our youth. A lot of our youth don't even know what their nationality is. Um, you know, again, just being informative and being educated, a lot of that is missing inside our public schools. So we can start doing that within our own community, you know, like getting a black teacher that graduated from Harvard, Howard, uh, my other my, mother, my, I mean, you know, the black schools, the black colleges, let's start getting these teachers in our community to start teaching our youth. And then I think it'll be a much better place, man, when it's concerned the black people, the brown people, you know, I mean, just simply plain. Malcolm, when it comes to traveling, um, should we be traveling more so we can see more of us, people of color around the world, and share the experiences? I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I believe that the only way to, you got to be hands-on with certain things. I know some people learn by watching, but again, we're watching what someone else wants us to see. You have to see it for yourself. You really have to get your hands dirty. So, in order to learn, you have to experience. In order to teach, you have to have some experience. So that's why it was important for the black, the teacher to be black in the black school with the black student. And so short answer, yes, it is very important. Thank you. And Jay Sharon, you have the last word, my brother. Um, how does the African diaspora come into our struggle as Americans, black Americans? Uh, I think it's very important. Uh, like, the organization that Malcolm X started less than a year before he was assassinated by the CIA, the Organization for African American Unity, included not just blacks in, in, in USA, North America. This is blacks in North, South, Central, Latin America, the Caribbean, and tying in with a strong Africa, uh, changing the image of where we come from and our view of where we come from um, all over. 90 seconds. I've lived in very in a lot of different types of neighborhoods throughout my life, whether it be different neighborhoods in Philly, the suburbs of Philly, Southside Chicago, and in Harlem, Washington Heights. There's a lot of Latino people who are darker skinned than me who are racist against black people. So at the end of the day, there's a there's a huge miseducation of all people, especially black and brown people, we need to change that. We need to work 60 together. Seconds. As Malcolm X said, the only way that we'll be able to get, is not a civil rights thing, it's a human rights thing. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, as black and brown people around the world, if we're able to unite, we're not the minority in the world. We are not. I believe that's a, that's a false narrative. In the world, black and brown people are the majority. And that there's a reason why the minority rules the majority, and it's because of education. And now it's so deep. We've been miseducated for so long that, you know, that's where we are now. So the only way to fix it is to unite and educate all and realize how, how our struggles coincide. We got to do for self, but we also got to make sure that we all know what doing for self really means and, and who self is. Excellent. So thank you, brothers, for being on the panel. I appreciate Ten, it. 
seconds. Very great information. Yeah, share this with everybody so everybody can see it. Black Pearl Radio every first and third Sunday morning of the month starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We also have Black Pearl uh, video lessons up as well. So share that. Be safe. Peace, brothers and sisters, and we'll see you on the next one.